trust the movement, I negate the chaos, uplift the negative, I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Morgan Harper and Micah Mitchell, organizers for the new grassroots organization, Columbus Stand Up. Morgan Harper is the founder of the new grassroots organization, Columbus Stand Up, and most recently was a grassroots candidate to represent Ohio's third congressional district. Previously, she was a vice president at Local Initiative Support Corporation, the nation's largest community development financial institution. Morgan also worked at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau as a senior advisor to the first director. Micah Mitchell is a graduate student at The Ohio State University, studying social work and public administration. He has a Bachelor of Science and a Master of Science in Criminal Justice from the University of Cincinnati. Micah is passionate about activism, advocacy, and direct service. He aspires to work in policy reform, divesting from the prison industrial complex, and investing in community care. Welcome today to Grassroot Ohio. Thanks for having us. So we have little more than a week before election day. Your organization is way busy right now. Can you tell us what you're working on right now? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having us, Carolyn. So I'll start and Micah can plug in whatever I uh, leave out. So Columbus Stand Up is all about really working on a lot of the things that we were focusing on, especially in the last phase of the campaign after the coronavirus hit. Obviously, folks have a lot of needs that are greater than just um, political right now, including making sure they're staying protected with coronavirus. So we've been distributing masks uh, to different community organizations and at all of our events, we've distributed over 15,000 of them. But especially on that lane of political accountability, guiding people through the political process and what is a somewhat complicated voting process, especially when you're thinking of voting by mail for the first time or keeping up with the dates with early voting, we really try to implement grassroots strategies for doing that. So we've been holding community events to register to people to vote before that that deadline passed. But then now also just making sure they're getting all of that information directly through lit drops, working with other community partners and organizing rides to the polls, which is one of the big initiatives that uh, Micah has been involved in as well. We have a lot of people that, you know, might not necessarily have an ability to get to Morse Road to early vote. And we want to make sure that no one's voice is not being heard because of any logistical barrier. So we've had a lot of volunteers sign up um, and then also now really focused on rider recruitment for those who need rides to get to to early vote or drop off their ballot. So Micah, tell us a little bit about this, um, um, getting rides to vote. We've been organizing to um, get a group of volunteers together to allow people to get to the polls who might not necessarily have a ride otherwise. Um, We have about 80 or so volunteers willing to do that who've been um, through an orientation. They have been provided with um, masks and um, a sign so that they can be identified by the rider when they pull up. And like Morgan said, now we're just trying to find people who need those rides. Um, When we've been doing literature drops in um, different areas, in Columbus, we've been passing out the flyers in hopes that people will see those at their door and um, reach out to us if they need help. Okay, so this is the beginning of the show, but I'd like you to give our listeners 
um, a contact number right now or email um, or website so that folks that are listening right now can write it down and they'll have a chance to hear it again later on. If know, they need, I, need ride. To, I need to get to the place of having this number memorized, but I've got it. Okay. 614-259-7391 is the number that folks can text or call uh, to arrange a ride. And Say then it also, one more time, nice and slow. Okay. 614-259-7391. Or they can just go to columbusstandup.org and there's a link there to, um, to reach out to us as well. So people are actually taking you up on this. Yes. Yeah. We've already had some people that have signed up to ride. And we did, you know, a couple of test cases with that, just working out the logistics of it and our system on the back end. And then also we have a few community partners uh, who are, you know, they already have a service population that they work with and they want to, you know, engage our, our rides operation um, to be able to get folks to vote. So for example, you know, we're working with a, a partner who organizes in the Bhutanese Nepali community. A lot of people live very far out east, Blacklick, which is not close to Morse Road. And so we're working with them to try to arrange like rides in mass a little bit to get them to get them to vote. What gave you the inspiration to do this, um, the rides to the polls? Yeah, like like everything, it's very organic. So and, and a real grassroots effort. So actually, you know, I was on a call that Faith and Public Life organizes every month. The um, their interfaith justice calls, I believe, is the name of them. And we had Pastor Joel from the Mennonite Church that mentioned he had a couple people in his congregation that would be willing to drive if anyone was organizing that. There was another woman on the call, Joni, who's from Indivisible Twelve, who's one of our partners in doing this. Who said, "Hey." that's something we should be thinking about. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if anyone is doing that. Let's just pull it together. Uh, and like I said, I mean, during the extended campaign period, we really did see just how it's one little thing that might pop up that will be the difference between someone voting or not. And so we need to eliminate as many barriers as possible as a community to make sure that we have the biggest turnout of our lives, honestly, with this election. But ideally, we also, you know, and, and this is part of our next phase strategy with policy changes that we'd be advocating for, that we have a system that makes it easier for all of us to vote in the first place. Definitely. This this election cycle has proven that our, psych, our process is very um, complicated and too difficult to for everyone to navigate, you know. Intentionally all, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about, um, you know, being registered the moment you turn 18. That's what, how I feel we should do, you know, but that's, that's simple and we're not there yet, but um, yeah, simple. automatic voter registration would be great. Exactly. Oh, are you going to be helping people out on election day as well? We have a lot of drivers that have said they'd be willing and able to do that. I mean, of course, then we have more dispersed polling locations, though they would be closer, most likely to where people are actually living. So a little bit easier. Oh, look, and Kwesi is joining us. Yeah, we have uh, another um, organizer, Kwesi Lowe. Welcome. Hi, sorry for being late. No worries. Glad to have you. We're Thank just you. in the mid We're just getting going on our conversation. And I was just asking Morgan if uh, you were going to be providing um, help on election day with um, rides. Yeah. And I, yeah, yes. I was just, okay. I was just saying, yeah. I mean, I think we have people who are willing to do that. So it's all about the demand. If we have folks that need rides, then uh, we're not going to be stopping. I think everybody is trying to do as much as they can 
to get as many people to turn out as possible on November 3rd as well. And, and, you know, and it's not just president, you know, that takes up a lot of the, um, the air in the room always that, you know, a lot of us are thinking about, but we have a lot of really critical down ballot races now too. And we spent a lot of time educating people, you know, through uh, what we had, we held a citizen forum, for example, to let them know about some of these other issues down ballot that might not get as much attention in the press. Got it. Tracy, welcome. I'd like to know how you got involved with um, Columbus Stand Up. Well, it was kind of an idea that came from the campaign that Morgan ran uh, for Congress in the primaries in 2020. And we obviously didn't get the result that we wanted, but we just kept wanted to keep that momentum going. So just in conversations about how keeping our folks engaged, uh, it was something that just, just kind of organically came up. It's almost like a no-brainer. It seemed like the natural progression of the energy that we created from the campaign. Uh, Morgan spearheaded that idea. I think originally one of the ideas was to just keep the team that we created together, that we that we created for, well, that Morgan created, you know, for, for the primaries. And the energy that we had was just really phenomenal. Excellent. I want to ask you also, Micah, how you got involved and what what are you bringing to the table to this group? What what are your um, focus? What's your issues that you really want to make sure you guys um, deal with? Sure. Um, so I am a graduate student at The Ohio State University. I've been there since uh, I started a couple months ago in the fall for social work and now public administration. Um, part of the requirement for the program is that we complete volunteer hours and I knew when I saw that, that I wanted it to be something that I really had a passion for, um, you know, direct service, community care and grassroots organizing specifically. And coincidentally, maybe a day after I started looking for opportunities, I saw an article, um, I think it was in Columbus Underground about Morgan starting her grassroots organization and knew at that time that I wanted to be a part of it. I sent her an email and I've been involved since then. It's kind of evolved from just volunteer hours to really being um, a major part of my life right now, um, just because I, I really align with everything that we are doing for the community. All right. Um, let's see, Morgan. So I've been following you since you kicked off your um, campaign for the uh, Ohio's third congressional district primarying Joyce Beatty, which was a, you know, really bold thing to do. And um, now you're um, really on the grassroots level working, you know, just to help get people who don't have transportation to get to the polls. Um, are there some other initiatives and, and um, actions that you guys are doing besides the, the getting folks to the polls? I think the other big thing that we've been doing are the community events. And we've been doing community events that weren't just focused on voter outreach. I mean, we always tried to have a voter registration component to it, like I was referencing before. But really, this was an idea that Quasi and I had coming out of the protests that have been happening this, you know, the spring, summer, yeah. into the fall. Um, the idea that, you know, people need a place to come together um, post-protest to talk about what's going on, what are their concerns. And we wanted to, to create that forum because one of the tenets that I believe is, you know, until, until we're coming together and talking about what our top issues are and also like what, what we think are the solutions that are gonna address those issues, you can't really be an informed voter. And so, you know, we hear a lot of messaging around vote, 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 it's your duty, but it's like, okay, but what am I voting for? We also say a lot about accountability. What does accountability look like? And I think we have become as a society, again, by design, there are forces 
at work to make sure that we have become disconnected from the political process. And so we have a, a re-education to do really. Um, but, but it has to be a re-education that's rooted to me in relationships of trust and at the grassroots level about what are we shooting for? What are the policies that are gonna do something about it? So folks can go in to the ballot box an informed voter, empowered voter and making decisions that are in the best interest of what they perceive to be for their community. What are some of the issues that you've been educating um, the folks that, at these events um, that, that people are going to be voting on in this, this election? Well, one of the things that's been really interesting to me, and, and I'd be interested in Quasi and Micah's thoughts as well, or, um, that comes up a lot, of course, is police accountability, police brutality. But mm-hmm. interesting, I say, because, you know, when I ask people like, okay, well, what what races that are on the ballot this November, are you aware of any that most impact that issue? Who, who's running that ha- will have the most power over doing something about addressing that issue, stopping police violence in our community? And most people don't know. They don't know necessarily that there's a, a competitive prosecutor's race right now. They don't know that the current prosecutor has been in office for my entire life. (laughs) Uh, They don't know that there's an issue on the ballot that is the result of a lot of activism around police accountability related to the Civilian Review Board. And so, you know, I want to come and I think we want to come not in a spirit of judgment about that, because again, I think it's totally rational that folks aren't as aware of these things, but, but in a spirit of education, like, hey, let's connect this dot. And then that hopefully is a lesson that folks take with them forever that, you know what, I'm, I do need to like, take a step back and think through, okay, this is my issue, who's running? And also I would posit, you know, no matter who's running for what, what is their view on police accountability, for example, if that's your top issue? That's another lesson we want to get through to people because if they're running for something and if they win, they've got a platform and they should be using it in the way that you think reflects the interests of our community. This is Grassroot Ohio and I'm Carolyn Harding. And today I'm talking with Morgan Harper, Micah Mitchell and Quasi Lowe. And they are organizers with the new grassroots group called Columbus Stand Up. To continue that, you set that up, Morgan, but who are the, who is the prosecutor that is more open to shutting down police violence? And what are the issues that we need to, that people need to vote for that might help? Um, is it issue two? Is it, is it um, Tayak? Tell us what you're talking about. Micah, yes. do you want to, Micah, do you want to okay. catch that one? Um, I'll actually, I'll relay that to Morgan. I think that she probably has way more knowledge about that. She actually just held a um, forum regarding this issue with the Freedom Block, and they specifically talked about this in great length. So I'll get okay, there. Okay, Morgan, go for it. Yeah, and I'll pause. If Quasi does want to say, I know that he and I have talked at length about all these things. Yeah, so I would Quasi, like to have this take too. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to start or you want me to start. Go ahead, Morgan. I can start. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just wanted to add on to what you were saying as far as like one of the purposes for Columbus Stand Up for me, uh, it just being able to allow people to see Morgan and you know the more that we the more events that we do, we start to attract other elected officials are starting to just show up, people who actually hold office, but you know for people to because obviously we were all very disappointed that uh, Morgan didn't win in the Oops, there goes your system. He froze. Well, I'll-, I'll um, Somebody who, who you know, is gonna to continue to push. Can you hear me? I'm sorry, I, yeah. I lost it for a minute. Now we can hear you. But to give people the opportunity, <laughs> to give people the opportunity to actually talk with somebody who can represent them at a national level, 
and to kind of get an idea of what type of questions to ask and what those conversations can be like, as opposed to never have an opportunity to talk to talk with your congresswoman, especially on a, on a real personal level. Like that's the biggest thing for me is to just kind of show people what it looks like to have people that you don't not voting the left, lesser of two evils, but actually having someone that you're excited to vote about or vote for. Just showing people that candidate, giving people the, oppor the opportunity to meet that candidate candidate and then also meet people who are currently in those offices and to just see the 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 difference between the two. Definitely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'll just build off of that. I mean, you know, I, I've been really focused on the federal policy level. That's kind of where my professional experience has been. And, and obviously I ran for a federal seat, but I, I live here too. Right. And I do have an understanding of, of policy and I want to provide that service almost to people to think through some of these down ballot races. And so, you know, on the police issue, which was something that we had on our platform um, because it's, obvious that you should have something like that on your platform when we've had so many people in Columbus, not just in other in other parts of the country that have gotten more national coverage who have been killed by the police. And clearly that to me isn't a, a, a result that any of us, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, really can is, is comfortable with. And and so you know when we look at the prosecutor race, for example, um, not not to say the lesser of two evils argument, but you know, Ron O'Brien, for example, he's been in office for a really long time. These killings have happened under his watch. There haven't been indictments. And so we already have evidence of what his take is on this issue, right? And we have Gary Tayek that, yeah, you know, hasn't um, necessarily put out like a huge amount of detail on in his platform, which is something that we talked about in the Citizen Forum that we co-hosted with Freedom Block. But he is saying that he comes with a spirit of reform. He is saying that he wants to bring more accountability. And um, to me, you know, and, and what I'm hearing from people is, well, that's worthy of a shot because we already, we already know where we've been and we know we want to go somewhere different. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you go into that vote with this mentality of, well, well, this is why you're running and this is why we're trying to elect you, then you have something to actually hold Gary Tayek accountable for as well. It's like, well, did anything change, right? Um, and then, you know, on issue two, the Civilian Review Board, you know, it's, it's, not, it's a policy that even folks who are campaigning for it recognize has its limitations. And again, something we talked about in our citizen forum is a lot of the devil is in the details of what happens with the FOP contract once it's renegotiated, who is on the board, how are they selected, how free are they to speak out. Um, all of those things are really relevant to just, you know, the efficacy of a, a civilian review board, citizen review board. But ultimately, you know, we have to have some of these structural changes in the, in the contract addressing qualified immunity at the federal level, having state policy that will apply these types of changes across all jurisdictions so you don't have to advocate for every single municipality in order to really bring an end to um, these types of police killings. Excellent. So it's um, you're advocating for to support um, Gary Tayak. That's his name, right? Gary? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. Gary Tayak. And you're advocating for the issue too, even though they're not perfect, they're a step towards better than what we have right now. 
Yeah, and 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 not even and you know I don't see the role of Columbus stand up. You know, for example, like right now we haven't made any endorsement, formal endorsements, but I want people to have full information as they make their decision uh, about you know who and what they want to vote for. And that was the role of the Citizen Forum is to we had we featured three community members, one serving as kind of like a fact checker role to bring you know to light. We had videos that were from the campaigns, and then we had. The focus on the citizens discussing okay well what's what's our take on what's been said what would be our considerations as we're thinking about how we might vote and then also crucially what you're you know what you're referencing and what's our follow-up right because yeah the vote is just the beginning but what comes after that and how are we what do we need to continue to be engaged in pay attention to um to make sure we get the results that we that we want okay i see so you're you're, you're not endorsing you are educating and wanting more people to be engaged. And like um, Quasi was saying, to, um, actually uh, interact with um, the people that are going to be making our laws. Exactly. It shouldn't be distant. They are us. <laughs> they should be us. We are them. We have the power. And, and there should be no deference or um, intimidation there. These are people that we are paying to do things for us. And to be a lot more accessible than, than they have been. Exactly. Um, I see that you're collaborating with other grassroots groups, uh, especially on this um, this drive to the polls. Um, can mm -hmm. you elaborate how you got connected with these folks and why you chose to work with these folks? Yeah, well, one, I love working with people. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's been really liberating post campaign is that folks don't have to be quite as nervous about working with me because it's not political. Uh, well, our organization, I should say, it's not it's not a campaign, though I think everything is political. But, um, but yeah, so you know, one of the, the key early partners, uh, Ohio Women's Alliance, we've been working with on voter outreach. So hosting a text bank actually tomorrow with Selena West, that's going to be great, reaching out to women across the state. Um, and then we also are partnering with Indivisible 12, like I said, organically, just through that Faith in Public Life call, because they have been out there, you know, like, crazy trying to get as many people as possible registered and now also um, and getting them good voter information. Um, we've been partnering, you know, Step in the Right Direction, for example, is our partner on the West Side event. They work with a lot of people who are who are leaving the um, criminal justice system, helping to, you know, get established in in the community. Quasi's on the board of that organization, Kayla Davis, the executive director, Somali Youth Foundation, another you know, great partner in some of our early efforts with the community events. So, you know, really um, the possibilities are, are endless. I, I always am trying, and you know, I think we all have this spirit of, you know, we don't want to be duplicative here. We're, we're better when we're leveraging each of our unique talents. That's kind of my like team philosophy and also life philosophy and, and you know, wanting to build off of the great work that others are doing um, with similar goals. I agree with you. And I think skill sets, people bring um, skill sets to the table that they already have developed. What, um, Micah, what are some of the skill sets that you you have used in your life that you are bringing to the table with um, Columbus Stand Up? Well, I think ultimately my goal with my career and just in general has um, been to help the community and help the people around me as much as possible. It's kind of why I'm going into social work. And in addition to that, I come from a background of um, pretty extensive background of criminal justice. I was in the field for six years. I have two degrees in it. And because of that, I saw the failures in the system uh, from the inside. And that has given me insight that I think is really unique, especially when considering, um, you know, what's coming up with issue two with the Civilian Police Review Board. 
um, it allows me to help others um, educate themselves on the importance of voting on those issues and um, continuing beyond. Like Morgan said, I think it's really easy to get involved in the protests when they occur. Um, but the issue is that after the protests start to fizzle out, after the hashtags start to fade away, people you know, um, don't know what else to do to continue supporting social justice. And um, I think that my experience and my background and just my willingness to help with the community in general helps me to push people in the right direction for reform that's really necessary for our future. Awesome. And how about you, Kwesi? What, what skill sets and experience have you brought to the table that you want to really work on with uh, Columbus Stand Up? I think one of the things that I really brought to the table with the campaign that obviously extended to, to the Stand Up mission is just my network and having relationships with people in different from different walks of life and being able to communicate different things. I've, I've experienced the levels of nuance in my life that I look to kind of find generalizations so that everybody can kind of understand that nobody's too far away from struggle, you know. Um, again, I apologize. I'm working today. Um, I'm actually doing outreach right now. So we're we're looking to to help some some homeless individuals to make sure that they have all the resources that they need. But yeah, just that's I mean, that's just kind of it. Like my passion to to want to do something. I mean, we're obviously in a pivotal year and a pivotal moment. And I think a lot of these things just came together. Um, I've remarked to Morgan so many times that I couldn't imagine having to being dealing with COVID in 2020 without having had the team that we assembled and having the mission and the the hope, you know, even though we didn't win our campaign, which was a, a blow, but the hope of having like-minded individuals uh, looking to work with us and, you know, finding commonality. Um, and I'm going to go back to mute. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely that's awesome. it. Just, just meeting like-minded people and, and, and helping create that narrative to, to connect us. I hear you. And we have about one minute left. Um, Morgan, I'd like you to tell us about an event that you're hosting. Um, the, it's called The Count, A Practical Guide to Defending the Constitution in a Contested 2020 Election. Um, you have about a minute. Just give us about 30 seconds. Yeah, so this is actually um, hosting maybe is a little strong. I'm kicking it off. Okay. Um, but there are a couple of national organizers, Becky Bond, Zach Mallitz, who have been involved with you know, some, some of the prior presidential campaigns, who now are focused on election integrity. Um, this election, obviously, very important. We have a president, vice president, who have already indicated that they have no respect for the rule of law and won't commit publicly to a peaceful transfer of power. Hopefully, all of it is moot because you know, Biden's able to win in a landslide and we don't get to that, that point. But in the chance that it's close, we do, we, we should be prepared for whatever may happen and what tactics might be used. And so the presentation on Sunday is gonna be Zach and Becky walking through what that strategy would look like. Um, no surprise, the best strategy is always people hitting the streets and mobilizing and, and speaking out for what we believe in. And at this point, I think we need to speak out for respecting the results of the election and, and the will of the people. All right, so how can people reach you again? What's your website? Standup.org. And then also continue to follow the same social platform, MH4OH. We post about what we're doing with Columbus Stand Up as well. All right, thanks so much. That's my time. Um, thank you for your work. And thanks for getting people to the polls. Thank you, Carolyn. Great to All be right. back. Thank you.
In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast at 94.1 FM, Columbus, WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. at 92.7 and 98.3 FM, Columbus, WCRS.org, and at 4 p.m. at 107.1 FM, Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia, on WEJP. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. I'm down, I'm down.